0: Hello everybody and welcome to this week's official Everton podcast for our official Everton members. I'm joined by the Diamond, Graeme Stewart, this week and also our Head of Commercial, Alan McTavish. Welcome to the Everton podcast, Alan. Head of Commercial, it's been a busy old time for the Commercial Department with some big, big deals on the Everton Football Club table.
1: It has been, Darren. uh, Thanks for having me. I think that uh, in the last year we've, uh, we've concluded some of the club's biggest deals in our history. Um... Ranging from new main partner with Sportpesa replacing Chang after an unprecedented 13 years as our main sponsor, um, the training ground sponsorship with USM, um, and then latterly just a couple of weeks ago the uh, sleeve sponsorship, the first of its uh, first of its kind for the club, with
0: uh, Angry Birds via their parent company Rovio. Diamond, you and I have been out to. Tanzania, as has Alan, to meet the sport, pace of people, and they're lovely people, terrific people to have on board.
2: They are very, really nice people. Uh, I had the pleasure of catching up with them, you know, not so long ago as well, which was uh, which was good. And we know how strong they are in Kenya. I mean, that's the you know that's the mainstay of their business in Kenya. But they've uh, obviously wanted to extend out to Tanzania as well, which which was obviously part of the reason why we did the. The Tanzania trip pre-season but you know that they're every bit as delighted to be involved with Everton Football Club as we are to have Sport Pacer on board they've got the same values as we have as a football club with the
0: community kind of work that they want to do out uh, in East Africa so it's a perfect fit. Good point that Darren makes there Alan about the community side of it because already we've seen that Sport Pacer have embraced the community aspect over here in the UK and also right on board with our fan engagements as well. I think for uh, for both Sportpesa and
1: for Angry Birds, Darren, a key uh, a key point of attraction for for Everton was how engaged our fan base are. I think that um, from a Sport Sportpesa perspective, they wanted to take some of the uh, the learnings of what we've developed and apply it in their own markets. So that's um, youth engagement, elite player development, and sort of uh, initiatives around health and well-being in their home continent of Africa. Um, From a Rovio perspective, some of the engagement numbers that we've seen um, around the the launch um, have been outstanding, absolutely outstanding and the commentary from people uh, across the football business uh, has been absolutely exceptional. I went down to one of the um, Premier League's commercial uh, meetings, commercial heads of meeting, down at the Premier League offices uh, last week and uh, the, the feedback from counterparts at other clubs but also the central team at the Premier League um, regarding our uh, capturing, if you'll pardon the pun, capturing Angry Birds as a partner for this sleeve has been widely well received. So It's, it's really good, really positive news and, and we look
0: to build upon that. You've been in football a long time, Alan. The commercial side, I would imagine, is unrecognisable from the commercial world of football that you first walked into.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've obviously, uh, going back to my days north of the border, this, the uh, the marketplace in Scotland is is vastly different to to anywhere else. Um, you know, the the championship uh, arguably is a bigger league than the, the Scottish Premier League. Um, there are some massive names in there. So when I made the move from from Rangers to Watford, some people questioned me about it. You know, you're leaving a massive club with European participation, etc., etc. But when I made the move to Watford we had a clear plan, Um, we knew what we were trying to achieve and lo and behold within the three-year plan we got promotion to the Premier League. Then the opportunity came up to to make the move to Everton and it was just too good an opportunity to pass up. Um, Since I've come here the scale of the club is much more obviously what i had been used to. At Rangers, that's no disrespect to Watford, because they're a fantastic club as well, and people ask me about the difference between them, and I always say that um, n- none of them are, are better or worse than the other, just very different. And making the move here to Everton, like I say, too good an opportunity to, to pass
0: up, and one which I've been really uh, glad to embrace and really proud to be here. I suppose, as professional footballers, you don't really get involved in the commercial side of it. You're largely unaware, I would imagine, but you've been down at Finch Farm an awful lot, Graham, and you can see that the players are doing more and more now, certainly, I would imagine, than than you used to do. And that's no disrespect.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, Daz. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I think it's just the way the world is now, especially in football. Um, You know, you're reaching out to a a far uh, bigger market out there, especially with Southeast Asia as well and Africa. Um, the demands on the players' time is a little bit more, but you know they get the rewards, and it's the, their way and their opportunity to put something back in as well. You're quite right in terms of myself as a player. We didn't really, you know, get involved too much in the commercial side of things. But the beauty of my job now as an ambassador at the club is that I get to see the other side of the coin, as it were, and it's and it is interesting and it is eye-opening. And you know, you have somebody like Alan. You know, next to me here who's got the experience of a huge club in Scotland in Rangers and then Premier League experience with Watford, he brings that to the table here at Everton Football Club with a, with an opportunity to be at a really successful big Premier League club and that's,
0: that obviously gives Alan some advantages in, uh, along the line I guess. <laughs> there was a trend wasn't there in the 80s and early 90s of the top English players moving north of the border to your Celtics and your Rangers, were you ever, you ever linked with a move up to Scotland? Do you know what? I, I actually was
2: linked. Actually, it was an, actually in the Daily Record. Is that right, Alan? The Daily Record,
1: <laughs> the, the crime action. section.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Again. Um, I got linked with Rangers, funnily enough, when I was at Everton, and I, I don't know where it came from. I've got absolutely no idea. Probably I never. Your I, agent. I, yeah, probably me agent, <laughs> but he didn't tell me about it. That's for sure. Um, but no, I, I mean it was probably just a bit of paper talk. But um, I wouldn't have been adverse to talking about going up. You know, up to Rangers because they're a massive football club, as Alan's already touched on. And you know, they were playing Euro- European football at the time as well. And you know, it would have been interesting to to pit your wits against Celtic in an old firm derby. That would have been interesting and an eye-opening experience for certain. But you know, I was happy at Everton anyway, so it, nothing came of it.
0: You're listening to the official Everton podcast. Plenty more to come from Alan McTavish and Graeme Stewart. But let's now hear from Morgan Schneiderlin, who's as pleased as everybody else at the football club about the continued development of our young players this season.
2: Dominic Calvert lewin has made a great impact playing up front this season. What's he like as a midfielder to have him kind of his movement ahead of you and his strength to hold the ball up for you as well?
3: Yeah, he's a good player. I think he did extremely well against Bournemouth. You know, he... He, he kept the ball, you know, he was asking in the, the ball in the channel, he was keeping the ball, so so I think that's very good, you know. Uh, um, I always uh, had that feeling, you know, that in the space he was very good, but against Bournemouth he showed me and he showed everyone that he can keep the ball, all the ball up front, and uh, use, use him as a... As a, as a platform you know, to play with and to, to use. So it was, a, it was very good and I'm, um, I'm very happy and I think everyone is very happy with his progression. He's still young and I'm sure with the confidence that he, he gets from these games and the talent that he has, he will, um, he will keep improving a lot.
2: And there's a lot of young players coming into the team doing well at the moment, Tom Davis as well and John Joe Kenny. Does having them come in add some energy to the team and almost give you all a boost when they're all so young and enthusiastic?
3: No, it's good. It's good for them. It's good for the, for the for the football club for the fans. You know, of course, the fans they love that. You know, to have players coming through the, the, the academy and everything. So so it's good to have them. They when they come in, they bring energy. They bring things and everything. But, it's like I said, at this age, you know, you will have some good games, some bad games. So the manager knows how to, how to use them and everything. And uh, and we can not put everything in their shoulder. It's just uh, it's just very very good when they. Uh, come in and play like they did in his ball move and over games so so we're very happy Tom Davis now he has a six month almost where he played almost every game and now he's a he didn't play as much as, as maybe last year but he's doing very well he trains hard he's a he's a kid with good strong with good uh, with good energy and um, and yeah he will keep improving as well
2: Victory over Bournemouth on Saturday felt like a really big moment in the season for the team did it feel that way as a player as well?
3: Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was first uh, very important to win that game. Um, I think you know we did well for most part of the first half. Uh, we had chances and everything, but we didn't um, uh, really hurt them. Um, but I mean, um, after the one 0 down, you know, we could have uh, we could have uh, struggled, you know, to come back in the game. We could have we we could feel an, a little bit of tension you know with the fans and everything so uh, we had to stay calm to stay positive because it was still another uh, 45 minutes almost to go and that's what we did we put a little bit more pressure to them and on uh, we score so it's a very big turning point and hopefully we can kick on, kick on from this game and uh, and win some ga- game and use this game as a as a as a game to, to bring us forward that was Morgan Schneiderlin, and you're listening to the
0: official Everton podcast. Alan McTavish is with us this week, Everton's head of commercial. You hinted there before that you'd spent some time at uh, Glasgow Rangers. What are the what are the challenges up there? I think the uh, if we talk about when I first went
1: there, Darren, before the, the much-reported financial challenges, um, we were challenging with Celtic every year, every year, every season for the for the league title. We um, had Champions League participation, Um, so from that aspect the challenge was trying to sell a globally renowned club performing in a limited exposure platform, which is obviously not the case with the Premier League, Um, but in Scotland the challenge was that it was Rangers or Celtic more often than not, for all three of the trophies and almost guaranteed European participation each season. Um, so, where, you know, to, to bring it forward a little bit, the shift in moving from a massive club in Scotland operating within a fairly limited commercial environment, um, moving down to Watford, which was a smaller club, but the commercial environment within the championship really challenging. You've got some really big, big clubs. Competing down there year in, year out. And uh, what we were able to do when I made the move there, we were obviously under the Pozzo family ownership. We were part of a three club footballing group which included Udinese and Granada. Um, again, much reported at the time, we were able to secure some top, top talent from uh, across Europe and further afield, South America for example, and bring them into the championship and give them a platform to to perform. And the commercial environment within the championship it, it is much more advanced than than, and again with no disrespect to Scottish football, the championship commercial environment is much more competitive than it is north of the border. Like I say you've got lots of big big clubs in there and actually the EFL as it's known now or the football league as it was then is the fourth most watched league in Europe so it gives um, it gives big viewing figures and it, that sort of exposure and the popularity of the league was able to drive decent uh, competition within the commercial field.
0: Is it a brave company that nails its colours to the mast on either the green half or the blue half of Glasgow? Because I would imagine any company that sponsors Rangers or Celtic has instantly alienated half of what is a big city. It is an interesting
1: point Darren, I think what we saw a lot of when I was there was that uh, we had lots of mutual sponsors, so people who recognised the global appeal of both Rangers and Celtic and rather than picking one or the other, tended to do both. So. Contrary to public belief, we would actually work quite closely together. Um, We had mutual sponsors in the likes of um, Tenants, Carling before that, NTL before that, all the way back to C.R. Smith in the 80s. Um, While I was there, we shared Audi, uh, Coca-Cola, Scottish Leader, so there was a whole host of both national and international brands who were prepared to partner with both clubs rather than picking one or the other and by doing both uh, obviously you've got the the combined exposure, especially with the flagship game in Scotland being Rangers against Celtic and to be on either on the shirt or on the LED or on the backdrop of that fixture secured massive exposure for these organisations
0: From the outside looking in Diamond that looks like a fixture unlike any other certainly in the British Isles, Celtic Rangers and as you say, if you do get the opportunity to play in it, you'd have to think about it, wouldn't you?
2: I think it would, yes, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, the downside from Scottish football, from my perspective, is is it always has been Rangers and Celtic. There's never really Aberdeen, perhaps, have have pushed hearts at one time. But, you know, no one's ever, you know, remotely looked like toppling Rangers or Celtic. So it's always been a league that kicks off and it just depends which one wins the the title. So that's the downside to Scottish football. The plus side is, you know, the fanatical fans. You know, they really are terrific. You know, both both sets of fans. I can only imagine what the atmosphere at an old firm derby must be. I've got no idea. I've never been to one. Um, But you know, Alan has probably got a far better idea of that than me. But it's uh, lively, to say the least. But no, I mean, it's. I've I've played against Rangers. I've played against Celtic in testimonial matches for Dave Watson and Neville Southall. Mm and they've come down to Goodison Park here in their thousands Rangers and Celtic supported the games and it's always been it's always been two teams that if you've got a dar- if you've got a testimonial game you want to you want you want to bring one of those down down south and let the let the supporters enjoy it and because Celtic and Rangers fans certainly know how to let their hair down and enjoy an afternoon's
1: football the old firm games what are they like uh, Frenetic, I think Darren from a from a pace perspective um, I've been as a lifelong fan uh, getting the opportunity to work at Rangers was a real privilege um, the The derby days were uh, nervous affairs even before I started working there, but when you work there, it just brings it on that extra level um, you know so much of what we do from a football club operational perspective by the very nature of it revolves around a match day and that that match day having the extra edge that the Derby games did have um, could either make or break your following (laughs) week um, both from a professional and a personal perspective but uh, lots of people ask me about the the comparison between the the Liverpool Derby and the Glasgow Derby and um, I would say you know equally passionate, equally frenetic. Um, I would say that probably the atmosphere
0: north of the border just has a little touch more hostility to it. (laughs) (laughs) Merseyside derbies in your day didn't need the ball for the first 10 minutes? No,
2: I mean, crikey, I mean, you look at the games nowadays, they're they're passive compared to what they used to be. Um, At The derbies here when I first came to, to Everton Football Club were you know monumental games i'll never ever forget walking down the, the tunnel at goodison park and walking up the steps and the, the noise level was phenomenal and it was always it was always that couple of minutes just before the referee blew for the kickoff where the noise level was just at, at its at highest and yeah you're right you didn't see the ball too much in the first 10 <laughs> or 15 minutes you saw a few studs and what have you but um no that was that was the way football was in those days you know we I was fortunate. I played in a period where, where we had the upper hand mm-hmm. over Liverpool and we were winning more, or at least not losing the games. But it was a physicality that we were allowed to you know, get over on Liverpool and, and we could bully them. You know, we knew what a good side they were, but we were fit, we were strong, we had aggression in our side and we had some really good players in and around that as well. So we had a great mixture of, of passion, desire, aggression and talent as well and if if it all clicked on the day we
0: were winning games of football against liverpool it's a splendid conversation you're listening to alan mctavish our head of commercial and also graham stewart let's hear now though from one of our young players mason holgate he was pressed into central defensive action last weekend in the win against bournemouth here at goodison park it was an experience that he enjoyed yeah i really enjoyed it i'm happy to play anywhere but
4: centre-backs were at my preferred position so to get a chance there Obviously, I wouldn't wish in injuries on uh, anyone, but to get a chance there is really positive for me and I uh, enjoyed it. You had to contest with Defoe and King last weekend. This weekend, it could be Vokes and Wood's slightly different challenge. Is that something you relish? Yeah. Obviously, every time you play a, a new team every week, there's going to be different challenges. And that's beauty at Premier League. You're always going to come against. So, like, Everybody brings a certain different aspect to the game that's more Challenging than what the person week before was. So, um, no matter who we're playing against, I feel like I'm. I'll be up for it and ready. You seem to be back on form now. But how important is it to to keep that good momentum going with the international break coming up now as well? Yeah, it's massive. Um, we feel like we need to start getting some wins now. And um, we had a tough week, but we've got we got ourselves together. Started picking up some results and looking forward to keeping the momentum on up to the international and carrying on after it as well. For your season so far, how do you feel it's gone? Yeah, um it's been okay. I've, I've I've enjoyed it. Um I'm playing a lot of games, there's a lot of games coming thick and fast, so as, as long as I'm on pitch, I'm I'm happy and I feel like we're doing I've I've done all right and looking forward to it to carrying on.
0: That was Mason Holgate, you're listening to this week's official Everton podcast with me, Darren Griffiths, Graham Stewart as well, and our head of commercial Alan McTavish. Alan, there are any number of partners on board at any big football club these days especially here at Everton?
1: Yeah, I think what we've done, Darren, we've, we've worked really, really hard to, to identify and to go after and secure some really good partnerships for the football club. Uh, off the top of my head, in the last 18 months, we've secured uh, 10 significant new partnerships, ranging from, uh, you know, reputable consumer brands like Gatorade and BT Sport and Sure, um, Carling, through to um, a you know, national institution, I suppose, in William Hill from a European betting perspective. And then more up-and-coming challenger brands like Blackwell Global within the foreign exchange trading uh, field. And um, another key challenger brand, uh, a locally owned uh, brand, which is a key point actually in Devante Tyres. So locally owned brand, but with global aspirations using the platform of Everton and the Premier League to take their message further afield.
0: It is a changing world, really is. And let's get back to the football ground before we finish. Burnley come to go to park at the weekend. Burnley are no longer a football club who are aiming to finish fourth from bottom. Their aspirations are higher than that. And that's an indication of what a good job Sean Dyche has done.
2: Yeah, you're quite right, Darren. Sean Dyche has done a wonderful job at Burnley. I mean, I think when you first come into the Premier League, your, your sights are firmly set on making sure you retain your Premier League status. But as you move on, you sit down at pre season and maybe you change your goals a little bit. And you set yourself new targets. Can you, you know, push yourself up towards the mid-table area? I think for a Burnley to do that, certainly they'd have to address their away form. Their home form was pretty good, and it was the lion's share of their points were gained that turf more last season. So they'll come to Goodison Park on Saturday. I think they'll uh, sorry Sunday, isn't it? Um, you know, I'm sure they'll set their stall out. They'll probably have ten men behind the ball for large periods of the game. They'll try and keep it tight. They'll look to frustrate us. Um, it remains to be seen what system we'll play. Will, will Ronald be tempted to keep the two up top that served us so well for the last 15 or 20 minutes last week against Bournemouth, or do we revert back to the norm of, 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 of maybe the 4-3-3 system? So there's, a, there's an awful lot of questions. There's an awful lot of players that have, you know, pushing for a starting place, and so it remains to be seen who Ronald decides has worked well in training during the week and who he th- feels you know, can give us an impact on Sunday afternoon because we might have to just be a little bit patient about it and we, we tend to say it, don't we, every week about these the, the smaller sides with the greatest of respect. They come here first and foremost
0: to, to make life difficult for you and I don't think Burnley will be any different. I'm glad you use that word, impact, because before we leave you, let's hear from our man of the moment, who Monias, of course, is all of a sudden the name on everybody's lips and the man himself is determined to keep working as hard as he can to stay in the limelight. It
5: was a long way to... Get the one first, but it's just a goal for me. It's a goal in cup against Sunderland team in championship, so it's important to have it. But the most more important, I have to keep working and to look after the for the Premier League's goals and coming from there, we will see after. But. It's always good to have a goal and especially when, he, when the team win, and because we needed that win to bring the confidence back. You've
4: had to be patient, but it, that goal has given you a, a good platform to build on now.
5: Yeah, we, in life, everything can happen. That's, always, that's, that, that's what I'm saying always. Sometimes you think uh, everything goes against you, but it's just the way that God choose the way that God give it give to you. So you have to live with that and like being the nicest person you can be. Like, work hard, being a professional. And even if you're under 18, under 23 or with the first team, you have to work hard. That's what I think is the best way to do.
4: There was a big smile on your face mm-hmm. when you scored. What was it like to score at the Gladys Street end as well and, and to celebrate in front of those supporters?
5: It was something I was waiting for. And I think also they was waiting for that, for me to give, give them a goal. And uh, like I said, it's a great feeling, like very important for me. I know the confidence. It make me feel more confidence. It make me feel my team to feel more confident, and also the fans are gonna have more confidence about me, and that's always good for the Everton, for the team now. And I think the best thing is to keep that like and work hard all together, all the squad, the players, injured, and all together to try to bring the team back because we can do it. That was Umar Nias very much our
0: man of the moment. My thanks indeed to Graeme Stewart and also to Alan McTavish. And thank you for listening to this week's official Everton podcast for our official Everton members. We're taking an international break next week. Why not? We'll be back in two weeks.